This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, and a very good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney and around the world. And in today's Wednesday's Daily Dose podcast, as you all know, that we always discuss about global economy or business or technology. And in this week's podcast, we are talking about this interesting theme of content marketing and communications, which I'm sure is a key element for any kind of business. Be it, uh, you, it might be that you are on the digital platforms or not, but still content marketing is playing a very important role these days. And uh, it cannot be a better person than Nick Bendel, who is the CEO of 100 and Scribe. And he has already been guiding a lot of businesses towards content marketing. So I think taking his suggestions and you know, understanding more about content marketing from him is going to add a lot of value to the people who are listening to us today. Now, Nick, I guess content marketing is something which all the businesses are trying to figure out be it a startup or a mid-tier company or a large company. And sometimes they completely fail to understand what kind of content is right for their audience, what kind of content really engages well with the audience, and when should they post the content? Should they post it multiple times? Should they post it once a day, once a week? What really is the catch to that? So what are your general thoughts and on the basis of, the exp- of your experience that you are guiding so many businesses in the past couple of years. Thanks for having me, Saurabh. Well, I like when businesses publish content marketing, Saurabh. That's a really good start because there are a lot of businesses that don't. For the businesses that are publishing content marketing, what they need to do is they need to publish content that their customers consider to be interesting, relevant, and helpful. One of the mistakes that a lot of these businesses make is they publish content that is boring, that their customers don't want to read. They publish content that is really self-absorbed. It's all about them, but it shouldn't be about the business. It should be about the customer because the customer is the one you're trying to impress. So I would say first businesses should be publishing content marketing and second, when they are doing this content marketing, they need to make sure it's the sort of content that their customers would find interesting, relevant, and helpful. Yeah, yeah, I think these are really important points, Nick. And just continuing with what you just raised is, is the fact that it also requires a lot of time and probably creativity and also hit and trials at the initial stage to understand what's working and what's not working. So I might also want your suggestions and, you know, your thoughts on that as to what should be that time? Is there any ideal time for businesses that uh, that's when they should start uh, having a structured plan or they should keep on trying till certain amount of time until and unless they get a structured strategy to understand what's really working for their customers? I really like the idea of businesses trying different things, Sora, because no one ever starts with perfect. And 
it always takes trial and error. And I've certainly made lots of mistakes in the content that I've published. But every time we try something, we learn and we get better and the quality of our content marketing improves. So I would say to the businesses out there, just try things. And with every bit of content you publish, you're going to see the reactions you get from your audience. And that will let you know whether you're on the right track. It's really important, though, that people just start because imperfect action, Saurav, is better than perfect inaction. It's so much better just to do something because when you start doing things, that's when you learn and you improve and you gather confidence and you gather momentum. And I was also going through a few articles uh, about content marketing, which uh, stated and which were defining content marketing in a way, in different ways. One of the definitions that I really liked is that content marketing is basically a longer play for companies to craft a deliberate strategy so that they can build credibility and trust amongst their audience before they are actually trying to sell anything to them. So it's very important for the companies to also understand that they build trust and authenticity with their target customers before they're actually trying to sell their products or services. And that can only be done uh, once you have become experts in your industry or once you have portrayed yourself that through the content that we are marketing, we are now experts in this industry, isn't it? Yeah, and that's an interesting point, Saurabh, because some people feel like they don't have the confidence to present themselves as experts. No one should ever lie. No one should ever pretend to have knowledge that they don't have. But when you've spent six months in an industry, you know more about that industry than 99% of people already. And if you've spent two years in that industry, you probably know more than 99.99% of people. It's so easy for us to underestimate the amount of knowledge that's in our head. But when we do something every day, we very quickly become experts. So I would say to people out there, don't worry if you're new to business, you still know a lot more than the overwhelming majority of your customers. And what you should do is you should share that information. And when you share that content, Saurabh, as you mentioned before, that's how you build trust with your potential customers. That's how you build relationships with them. And then at some point in the future, when they decide they want to buy the sort of product or service that you're selling, if you've got that relationship with them already, you're the one that they're going to think of. Yep, that's that's true. That's true, Nick. Um, also, I wanted to you know touch base upon this point that a lot of people who might listen to us later on on LinkedIn or you know other platforms, and most of those companies might be stuck at this position that. We are trying out different ways, you know, we have been uh, trying out different ways for content marketing in the last couple of months. We have tried out everything. So what should be our next strategy? Should we be hiring an expert, you know, and a Forbes article also said that taking advice from experts who are actually dealing with content marketing on a day to day basis can be a good strategy or you, you think it can be outsourced to a company in that case. I am a fan of both. I think it's perfectly valid for companies to decide that they want to keep it all in-house. That's fine. I think it's also fine to consult experts. I often consult experts in my life because they know more than I do. For example, Saurabh, I recently did my taxes. 
but I didn't do it myself. I gave it to an accountant because an accountant can do a much better job than me. But whether a company wants to do it in-house or whether a company wants to outsource it, the important thing is that you actually take action, that you actually do something. Because if you're not going to be marketing to your customers, your rivals will. Don't let your rivals have all the fun. Your customers, they're going to be reading content from someone, so it might as well be you. Yep, that's true. And also how important it is for uh, the companies to invest in a person who is producing engaging content. Uh, sometimes, uh, like I also witness, a lot of companies are focusing towards building a lot of content. You know, They will produce daily content maybe twice a day, thrice a day, but still they're not getting enough engagements. So probably that they are not producing the content with which the target audience can relate to, probably, and uh, they are not having those kind of right digital marketing strategies set up at the back end, isn't it? Have you encountered any such company or person who, have, who has come to you with similar sort of problem? Well, the, the key word you used, Saurabh, was engaging. There are some businesses that create content, but the content is not engaging. There's a great quote from David Ogilvy, the man known as the father of advertising. Ogilvy said, you can't bore people into buying your products. You can only interest them in buying it. And the problem with some of the content marketing that some companies do is that it's really boring. And the reason it's boring is because they publish what I call corporate propaganda. They publish content that talks about how great they are and uses lots of corporate jargon and just it just focuses on themselves and they it's just boring stuff that no one wants to engage with instead of publishing that sort of content you want to speak in the sort of language that your customer speaks in and you want to publish content that they find interesting and that sort of content is generally not talking about you and your business it's generally talking about your customers and their problems if you talk about things that your customers care about sort of and if you talk in a language that they use, then they are going to find your content engaging and they are going to read and consume your content. Yep. I think let's broaden it up for the audience who might be listening to us, you know, so that uh, it becomes interesting for them to understand what we are saying is what can be the next step, you know, so we can develop a customer profile, first of all. Mm -hmm and start understanding what the interest areas of those different customer segments are in the market. So for example, you might have customers ranging from 18 years to 50 years. And in that age bracket, you can further subdivide and understand what their interest areas are, uh, you know, what their demographics are, and then start devising those strategies, isn't it? Yeah, okay, so, so that's a really good example. Imagine you're a clothing store you would have some customers who are 18 and some customers who are 50. The 18-year-olds are going to be buying different types of clothing to the 50-year-olds. And they're going to have different interests and different values to the 50-year-olds. And so the sort of content that would be interesting for an 18-year-old customer would be different to the sort of content that would be interesting for a 50-year-old customer. And so it's important that you work out who your customers are and you work out what their interests are and what their values are and how they want to be communicated with. 
and you then tailor your content accordingly. Another another element, you know, which is very important is how much to invest, you know. So businesses are always interested to know, first of all, when to invest and how much to invest when you are producing good content. Um, so is, is there a timeline that you think should be there? Uh, or do you think that once all these things are set up, starting from your customer profiles and you are done with your trial phase and you have already structured with your content and the moment you start seeing that basic engagement, you should start investing in the content. The another question I would like to ask you is how much should they invest? I'm sure that will vary from business to business and what kind of product they are selling, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So you've touched on a few really important things, Gaurav. First, in terms of the timeline, I always tell people that with content marketing, you need to think in terms of months or even years, not days or weeks. You cannot expect to get quick results because content marketing, you do it in order to build trust and credibility and brand recognition. But those things take time to build. It's kind of like filling a bathtub one drop at a time. So you just need to keep adding lots of drops to the bathtub and it takes a long time to fill up that bathtub. Now, in terms of how much companies should invest, you actually don't need to spend a lot of money on marketing. In fact, you can publish really great content marketing without spending any money. For example, the Ultimate Global Podcast. This, uh, this episode that you're recording right now, Saurabh, it's not costing you any money. There might be a little money spent in editing, but basically this is, this is essentially free marketing. And other companies can put out podcasts. They can interview people. That's free. They can write content. That's free. They can record videos. That's free. You can spend money if you like on getting external people or paying for Facebook ads and Google ads. That's fine if you want to do it. But you can actually do a lot of really great marketing without spending a cent. Yep. So yeah, I think that's what I was trying to tell that it's very important first to set up your goal, set up a definite plan of how you're going to target different customer segments, understanding what they require. Once you understand what they require accordingly, then start framing that content. Some of the companies, you know, might also have uh, this question in their mind because I've heard from them that in some of the businesses, it might be that <clears throat> the customers are engaging three to four times a day. But in some of the companies, you will not get that engagement level because of the kind of content they are producing. Of course, the more engagement we get with our content, the better. But it's not necessarily a bad thing if people aren't engaging in your content. Because what I've discovered is that a lot of people, in fact, most people who see a blog or a social media post or a video, most people will just read it or watch it and that's it. They won't do anything. They won't click the like button. They won't type a comment. Most people who consume a piece of content, they don't leave any trace of, of them being there. So you actually don't know that they even consumed your content. People are consuming your content without realizing it. So don't be fooled if there's just a small number of likes or comments or shares because you would actually have a lot more people engaging with that content than you realize. I often saw up 
have, I'll often speak to potential clients who will tell me that they've seen the content that I publish every day on LinkedIn. And it surprises me because they've never liked any of my posts. They've never commented on any of the posts. They've been consuming all my content silently, secretly. This happens a lot. So I would say to the businesses out there, don't be discouraged if people aren't engaging with your content because I promise you, people are consuming it. They're just doing it secretly. Yep. And, and uh, a very interesting element to look here on the social media channels these days is that you can boost all kinds of posts. If, you, if, if you're posting a text or a video or, or any kind of carousel that you are posting on social media, you can always boost that particular post. But sometimes we see that the post has reached to a lot of people. You know, you invest $100 in that and it can reach to a lot of people, but the people are not clicking on that or the people might not send you the details. So I think you, you might also want to mention the importance of a call to action button along with that content, how important it is for them to have a right call to action along with that content marketing. I know that content marketing is your uh, specialization, but I think content marketing on social media goes along with these small elements like call to action as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Saurabh. If, if you publish a piece of content and you want the audience to do something after consuming that content, well, tell them what you want them to do because they're more likely to do it. I would also add the easier you make it for them to take action, the more likely they are to take action. If the only bit of action you want them to take is to click on something, they might very well do it because clicking is easy. But if you want them to send you an email or give you a call or fill in a form or even buy something, that requires more effort and therefore it's less likely they'll do it. Another bit of advice I'd give Saurabh is the call to action needs to be directly relevant to whatever the piece of content was about. When someone gets to the end of the content, whatever the call to action that you're asking for, this needs to feel connected. The call to action needs to feel naturally connected to the content so that it naturally flows from one to the other. If it doesn't naturally flow, it's unlikely that people are going to take action. Yep. We might also want to consider, you know, uh, one example of a large company and probably a small company before we end today's session so that if both kinds of companies are listening to us, they can relate well with us. So why not you give a quick comparison of how it looks like for a large company in terms of how they produce their content and market that content and how it looks for a smaller company? Because do remember that for a large company, the brand name is already built. They have already spent years and years to build their reputation, trust amongst the customers. Now, what they are doing is using that trust, reliability and authenticity to produce the content. But for a new company, they are still in the process of building trust and authenticity. And I think that is a key differentiator for them, isn't it? How will you define that difference for both the companies in terms of content marketing? I think the difference lies within the production value to the content and maybe the messages. If you're a big company, then your audience is going to expect the quality of the content to be higher. For example, if you're 
Coca-Cola and you put out a video, people are going to expect that it's a really, really professional video. Whereas my company, which is a small business, that's judged by a different standard. I publish videos every day, Sora, but I just record them at home with a relatively cheap camera. And that's fine because my audience knows that my business is just a small business. So I'm held to a different standard or my business is held to a different standard than Coca-Cola. So that's the production value. Then we also get on to the messaging. As you correctly pointed out earlier, if you're a big business, you've already got a well-known brand and there's already some trust and credibility there. So you probably don't have to work as hard on establishing your credibility. Whereas when you're a small business, you might have to put something in the messaging that lets people know or lets your potential customers know that you are an expert and that you can solve their problems. Absolutely. And I think that's the difference which companies sometimes fail to understand at the beginning when they are starting a new business. They might compare themselves with a large company or might um, you know, run a gun faster than uh, their competitors. They want, they want to you know, expand fast into their new markets without understanding what their customers really want. And that's where the need to understand the exact customer profiles, their demographics really plays a major role. What is your one last suggestion um, or one theme that you think that the, that the listeners can take away from this session? Well, I want to bring it right back to the start, Saurabh. So I'll mention those two key things, which is first, publish content marketing. And second, make it interesting for your audience. If you publish regular content, if you regularly publish content marketing, and if your audience finds it interesting, then over the long term, you are going to succeed with content marketing. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's a key message for all the businesses that make content regularly, but also make it engaging. And probably uh, also introspect it regularly, take feedback from your audience, what kind of content they might want to have, and then accordingly start boosting. And as Nick pointed out that it will be completely different for small and the large businesses because of the credibility that the large businesses have already built in the market. But I think that was a really great discussion, Nick, and sure that a lot of people who listen to us today would have got something for their businesses or at least for the companies in which they are working. Thank you so much for coming today and sharing uh, your key insights. Thank you for having me, Saurabh. It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much to all the people listening to us. We will be coming again tomorrow for a special Thursday Daily Dose. Generally on Thursday, we cover on foreign policy and diplomacy. But tomorrow, we are going to touch base upon a different theme on what's trending in Australia. People who are in New South Wales might be knowing what's trending in Australia for the last one week other than COVID-19. So we will be having a discussion on that with our co-founder, George Mavros. Stay tuned and we hope to see you all tomorrow. Thank you so much.